we know what the cost of a shirt is and we know what the cost of printing is and we know what the retail is on a shirt there is no middleman anymore welcome to the latest season of the aussie screen printing club the podcast that's all about the commercial end of screen printing My name's Doug, Doug Siemens. I am in Charlotte, North Carolina, where it is currently getting very warm. We're, we're just starting the summer. So uh, I own Revolution Screen Printing, and I also own Pride Conditioning. That's, uh, like I said, uh, business number one is the gym, and business number two is screen printing. And they're both located inside the same building. They're both in the same location. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, as, as long as you're okay with it, I'll actually, I'll walk you through the whole place. Oh, yeah. 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 That's very cool. Do a walkthrough is awesome. Yeah. So you have to run both simultaneously in the same place, moving from one to the other. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, so the gym is how we actually got into screen printing. So we purchased the screen printing business from the guy who printed all of our shirts for the gym. This, uh, his name's Dave. Uh, Dave printed all of our shirts for like years and years and years. And then one day I walked into the screen printing shop to pick up and order shirts for the gym. And Dave said, hey, uh, I'm gonna sell the business and i'd like to sell it to somebody that i know before i just publicly put it up for sale do you want to buy it <laughs> and of course my my first answer was no <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> not interested yeah i saw uh i saw how hard dave worked and uh you know i, I already worked 60 70 hours a week at the gym yeah. and i thought yeah, no, I'm not really interested in adding another business. So I basically said, no, nah, that's okay. Dave said, well, you know, I'd really like to sell it to you guys because you, you kind of know the business. My wife is a graphic designer, so she does all our graphics. And she did most of the graphics for Dave. Really, really complex, like halftone stuff, Dave would farm out. But my wife would do like just real basic separations. That that was the easy part. So we kind of already knew the business. Um, and Dave said, you know, I'd rather have you guys buy it than someone else. And I probably saw him another three or four times. And then Dave finally said, listen, uh, I'll sell you the business. Uh, no money down. Just come up with a payment plan. What? And you could just and you could just pay me. I said. At that point, you're basically being handed a business with zero upfront costs. Yeah. So that's when I said, okay, we'll do this. So at the time, I had uh, a trainer that worked for me here in the gym. And he was kind of in, he was just a part-time trainer. And he was kind of in between gigs. And he overheard my wife and I talking about the screen printing business business and he said you know I'll, I'll go in on it with you but it was i mean it was no money up front so really he didn't have to like put anything down or anything 
So uh, again, it was no risk to him. Uh, so he went over and trained with Dave at the business, screen printing business for like a month and then came back. Uh, basically, I handled all the office work. My wife handled all the artwork. And then he basically just did the printing. Wow. And time went on. Uh, we probably printed for like a year. It was uh, it was rough. Um, you know, in the screen printing business, the mistakes that you make the first year or two in screen printing from, or, or two, two, three years, four years, five years, uh, st still making mistakes once in a while, but it's rare now. Um, so, you know, the first year or two was rough. And then, uh, we paid Dave off in two years, the business was paid off. Nice. And then the business was ours. We realized at the end of the two years that we had, we'd way overpaid Dave for the business, oh, like right. okay. way overpaid. Dave had valued the business as part of it was we were getting his client list, but basically none of his clients like rolled over to us. Oh, really? I, yeah. Yeah. And he, the one of the we found out afterwards that one of the reasons why he was selling the business is because he lost his biggest client. His biggest client was a school, and his son went to that school, and his son was graduating that year, and someone on like the the school board had a friend who had another print business, yeah. and. They used them instead of him and he lost. It was his biggest customer. It was like 40% of his business. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. So that was gone. So we didn't have that. We overpaid for the business, but it is what it is. It's okay. Um, so we keep cracking on and we're doing okay. Not great, but we were doing okay. How long ago was this? When did this happen? Oh, okay. So let me see. We moved, we moved to the gym and then bought the screen printing business, not even like six months later. So we moved the gym in 2018, okay. 2018. Yep. So the year, so the year before COVID hit. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we moved to the gym and then six months later, we bought the screen printing business. This is 2018. So we go along uh, for a while, uh, almost two years, and we started having a started having a lot of problems in screen printing. Got a lot of problems, and I have a, I, this is this is going to get kind of odd for the screen printing community. So in the gym, because there's a lot of people coming in and out of the gym all day long. So the screen printing business is in a room in the way in the back of the gym. So the gym, there's a lot of people coming in and out. So we have a security system with camera, with cameras all over the place. So we had a lot of problems with schedule, with staying on schedule for screen printing. And I told my partner, I said, look, I just lined up like eight jobs in a row and we printed one or two jobs a week. We're not like super high volume. So I said, listen, we cannot be off schedule on any of these jobs because it'll start backing up. Yeah. So we have to stay on schedule. 
and immediately, not even two weeks into this eight week block, right? We're already off schedule. And I'm like, what is the problem? And he's like printing like overnight. And uh, I'm like, like these prints are just taking forever and it shouldn't take this long. So I came into the gym in the morning, one morning, and he was passed out on the couch. Okay. So he ended up going home because he said he didn't feel good. So I thought, this is very odd behavior. Mm. So I checked the security tapes for the gym, and he was drinking all night. Oh, uh, okay. Had a problem. Yeah. yeah big problem so yeah we had a big confrontation and uh eventually uh like we had to go through a big legal battle and we had to get rid of him yeah yeah it was crazy luckily uh for me even though it cost me money to go through the lawyers but i had a clause in the partner agreement that basically said if you're physically or mentally incapable of holding up your half of the partnership that you're that's it with without cause and without hesitation and there's no like 30-day notice or anything but that's it you just you're done right okay um and it was odd because i actually copied that partner agreement from just some random business some some law partner agreement that was just readily available on the internet. And it actually had that clause in there. And that clause actually saved me a lot of heartache. Wow. So let's just recover that for my small mind. 2018. <laughs> you had your gym. How long has your gym been running? So we've had the gym. We opened the gym in 2009. So okay. the gym's been a long time. Yep. So it'd been around 10 years of that. I, I yep. love I love the idea. It kind of excited me. It may be the same for you now as well, that your uh, apparel supplier approached you to buy their business. That's just, that's amazing. Like it, that, you know, that can't yeah. happen that often, right? It's Yeah, that's no, he just, he just didn't want to do it anymore. And uh, he had a friend that got him like a super cushy middle management job in like a restaurant supply chain company and like that was it he was out yeah okay so you bought into that but through this nice repayment plan like you you mentioned for example that you overpaid for it but even with that the cost of not getting the stress you know up front and borrowing money or whatever has a value yeah. right has a huge yeah value. absolutely and it wasn't like uh we didn't have to go any through through any trials of like, oh, what equipment do we want? Or yeah. like, do we, you know, we bought like base level equipment and then we had to upgrade and then upgrade and then upgrade. Yeah. It was like yeah. everything was already there. And I, we're on a small, we're on a small press. I print by hand. Uh, it's just an Anatol Thunder. It's a six station, uh, six color, four station. Um, you know, I've got just a, a normal conveyor dryer and a flash dryer. And I mean, you know, we had all the supplies. So we had a ton of ink. Are you going to love this? 330 screens. Wow. That's a bucket. 330 load. screens. I literally threw out half of them. Oh, really? Half With, of them. No, no longer had the tension or. No, either, either they didn't have tension. Um, you know, it came across the dozen or so that had holes in them. 
uh, all sorts of stuff. And this is what's going to really blow your mind. Out of 330 screens, he has four screens that are 110. He has 12 screens that are like a 305. Okay. And all the other screens are 156. Wow. Okay. All of them. All of them. <laughs> that's all he printed on. All Dave printed on was 156. That was it. That's all he used. That's that's interesting. Um, yeah, but very. Uh, one wonders what, what what was his sort of standard application in terms of, you know, types of prints. You know, were there lots of multiple colors? Like, you know, obviously had quite a nice light underbase with that. What what did he, he use the one ten for? He, he didn't have a ton of multiple color screens. So the vast majority of his screens were just single color. That's it. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. A lot of screens for single yeah, color. Jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I throw out half of them. Yeah. yeah. It's just he, he kept screens forever. So, um, yeah, he just, uh, he would just keep screens forever. And when he had a new client come in, I think he would just, order a new screen and then just keep adding and adding. Oh, and adding. so he didn't reclaim the screens. He just I don't think the screens. He, I, I think he only reclaimed, I think he had like 20 screens that he would like use in rotation to reclaim. And all the other ones were all for the school that his son went to. Yeah, right. Okay. Gotcha. And it was all just those screens over and over again. So it was like, Providence lacrosse, Providence basketball, Providence football, Providence play, like all these screens. And he just kept them all. He never changed them. Wow. That's amazing. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. In this town, there's another screen printer. Well, there's kind of two now. Um, anyway, w one of them sold up their gear at a four color, four station press, a homemade um, exposure unit and a Vastex tunnel and a lot of inks and things. And they sold them to a charity uh, who employed disabled people and give them a, a fair wage. And right. they, didn't, they didn't know how to screen print. And we went in one day and said, hey, you know, um, happy to kind of support you, give some training, get you going. You know, it's important for us to have other people in town that can do the, the same kind of thing. Right. Um, we get a lot of people come through for smaller orders and we just can't do them. So uh, we did a little bit of training for them and so on. And I said, you know, where's your exposure unit? And they said, oh, well, we don't really have that part of the business. Uh, they they bought it, but they haven't bothered to commission it or, you know, set it up in any way. Um, we don't need it. And I said, what do you mean you don't need it? And they took me into this room and there were about, I'm going to say, 100 screens just lying there with same kind of deal with all of the the stencils for all of the customers that that company had but each screen had um stencils all over it so you know if you had a screen with a left chest logo as you and i know you'll maybe put another left chest logo at the other end and switch the screen around right. and you know just right. to save space and maximize it right well this had like four or five different logos on it the guy was turning the screens in different ways but he'd also, or the, the previous people had also taped up the screen. 
So the whole of the underside of the screen was taped, except for the bit you wanted to print on. And when you want to print on another one, you tape up that one and peel the tape off the other one. Now, as oh they were doing God. this, the emulsion was gradually coming off. You know, right. you could play badminton with the screen. It was so loose. You know, it was just oh my God. incredible. So I, I do hear stories like that. Um, okay, so you got the business. You had a really cool payment plan but you lost your main customer and your partner turned out to have a few issues with alcohol. So you inherited a bit of a nightmare initially, right? A little bit. Yeah. There was a, let's just say a very steep learning curve. Um, so I'd actually, it's funny, the largest amount of information, the biggest help that I got is from three or four people in there's a really big uh, screen printers group on Facebook. And I actually linked up with a couple of guys. Uh, there's one guy in New York and then another guy, he sold his business years ago. And all he does is consulting. So he does uh, like really complex high level separations and half tone separations, but he also does consulting like, you know, hey, we have a problem. Like these prints are not coming out right and we can't figure out why they're not coming out right. This guy will literally, you know, get you on a video call and say, show me your press, show me your exposure units, show me your film, you know, show me all your steps. And he'll tell you exactly what you're doing wrong and what's going on. And uh, those two guys, uh, the other guy that owns a big shop up in New York, they helped me out more than anyone else in the world. Um, so we learned a lot. I learned a lot after I got rid of my partner, because after I got rid of my partner, see, he was handling most of the print work. I was handling all the administrative. So at that point, then I had to figure out how to print, how to make screens. I didn't even know. I literally, I didn't know how to make a screen. Yeah. Wow. And all the orders so, were backing up already. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, so I had to learn real quick. So I got a hold of those two guys and got schooled real fast. And we figured out that basically uh, the partner that I got rid of was basically doing everything wrong. They, literally every single step of the process was just wrong. So we got I got rid of a lot of stuff, right? We used to do um, spray adhesive on the pallets, right? Got rid of that, went to water-based adhesive. You just got to scrub it with water. It's like the greatest thing in the world. Jeez, it? it doesn't smell. It doesn't smell. There isn't glue all over everything. It's great. Um, I figured out how to make screens properly. Um, figured out all of that stuff. Uh, we changed all of our chemicals for how we reclaim screens. Um, my old partner would spend just hours reclaiming screens hours wow. and i i always thought like it's really ridiculous like i feel like it shouldn't take that long and we changed out switched all the chemicals and now yeah reclaiming screens takes like 15 minutes right yeah. um so i changed that uh i literally changed my printer like my uh, inkjet printer for my film so i changed that got an all black kit got uv ink um changed how we print film changed how we burn screens and everything changed 
my old partner, literally, we would have to make a job that was two colors. We would have to make a minimum of four screens because the screens would all blow out. Oh, okay. Yep. So when I switched everything, switched emulsion, switched everything, it is rare. I might blow out maybe two screens in a year yeah. at this point. Yeah. You know, it's just once you have the process down and everything's exact and it's exactly the same, every single job, the exposure is the same, everything's the same and everything runs smooth. It's interesting, isn't it, that, um, you know, you can go into, I mean, you started, as you say, not from the ground level in terms of kit and, you know, um, set up and custom and so on, but that still coming into it with, with not having that experience before, you had to kind of right. press reset, but you kind of had to go and dial in all of those processes. And that seems like that's what screen printing's about is those tiny variables and getting them right. This emulsion is better because, and we expose it for that length of time because, and, and so on right the way through to right. the end. But once you have right. that, it's, it's neat. You kind of have it all dialed in and yeah. then, yeah. and then you go and employ someone else <laughs> and it all goes Pete Tong again, or can do, but you did the opposite. You ha had someone and then you, you jumped in to do it. So you had to go and learn those things real quick, but you got this help, which is really good. I mean, that's one of the things yeah. that I quite like about this industry. It's perhaps less so in Australia, or at least my experience of it, but it certainly seems in America that you have this great community of people that are actually really keen to, to, to help you and to show you how things work. Yeah, absolutely. We really do. And it seems like, especially Right. If you're not in the same city, even more so, because okay. you're not in competition with each other. Yeah. You know, most of your business is somewhat local. So, you know, you're, you're not really competing against each other. You might as well, you know, help each other. And now it's one of those things where like now I've been going on with this for two years now, almost three years on my own with no partner. I fixed everything. And now back in those screen printing groups on Facebook, right? When people ask questions, like I try to give back, you know, as much information right. as I learned from all of these other people. And I see people that are making, they're making the same exact mistakes that I made three sure. years ago. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, you fix these little things and then all of a sudden everything's easy. And then once everything is easy, everything's dialed in, then you can estimate your time almost exactly yeah yeah you know what the cost of the kind of cycle is in terms of the you know starting with reclaiming let's say right through to reclaiming again and everything in between right wow right. so yeah you know how fast you can turn around a job yeah That's the other yeah and i like that when people can can work that out when i look at jobs i don't do the printing anymore which i kind of miss mm -hmm. but um in, in some ways you know, I see a, a piece of artwork come in and they want it put on this shirt and so on. And I kind of instantly know, right, that's a quantity of X. That's going to take so long. You know, you kind of have a real sense of the, of the life cycle right. of each job, I guess. Right. Um, so how did you recover from losing that 40% customer in the school 
you still retained the other customers or did some of those move on as well? No, I didn't retain any customers at all. None. I I waited to get one, one customer. And that was it. There's the, we got one, I got one customer. That was it. So one of the reasons why, yeah. One of the reasons why we kind of justified buying into the business was because we own the gym uh, and I have a, I have a powerlifting team. So the powerlifting team, you know, they travel all over the place and we're involved with a couple different organizations. And I thought, you know, since we host powerlifting meets, we go to powerlifting meets, you know, hopefully we can get in with some of these people and we can print their shirts. Yeah. Right. Good move. And sure enough, I made the offer to two organizations and they took it almost immediately. So I have two organizations that I print for literally every month without fail every month. So you had a direct channel to market. Yep. Yeah. And that's why, so I only print one or two jobs a week and I don't have any huge ambition to like grow the business exponentially uh, because I'm basically at my limit by myself. So if I grow the business, I definitely have to hire somebody. And I just don't like, I just don't want to deal with that right now. Uh, Maybe someday in the next year, like, you know, I I will, but not this year, not right now. So kind of keep things the way they are. I'm not like pressed for getting new clients. You know, right now I'm booked. Uh, you can probably see. So there's my calendar. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, calendar up there. So it's two months. I'm basically booked almost two months out. So, yeah. you know, it's it's fine with me. I'm I'm sat where I am, and everything's okay. I really like the sound of that. Like that appeals to me. Being able to manage a business in in terms of pulling a ring out of it to make money but not having it kind of get out of control in some respects is the dream right like you want to get it to a particular point and actually manage it at that level then there's the gnawing questions that come about well if i did this oh but i'd have to employ someone and so on do you feel that pressure is gonna is gonna come it's gonna grow in that way or do you feel you can manage i think i think eventually it will um i'm just I'm definitely, I'm, I'm not there yet. I just, uh, I, I don't have any huge ambitions to do it. I've still grown uh, revenue. Uh, after I got rid of my partner, my first year revenue growth uh, was 15%. Uh, the second year revenue growth was 18%. And I'm on track this year uh, for between 16 and 18% already for this year. So I've still grown the revenue for almost three years straight without the partner. Yeah. So, so I really, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't need to, I don't need it to grow anymore. Not yet. And look, you know, that again is a bit of a dream to be able to grow above 10% is fantastic, but to do yeah. it kind of gently and not suddenly have this kind of spike up and down is, right. is really helpful because the costs you know, when you get a massive spike, your costs blow out inordinately, but then you might get a drop and suddenly you've got all these overheads, you know, like it, it's very hard to manage radical growth right. in a business. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and I, I manage the schedule. So basically, uh, I start setting up for a job on Monday. I just make sure that like my artwork is all set. Uh, sometimes I'll print film on Monday, sometimes not. Usually Monday's in the gym. I have to write a lot of programming for the gym on Mondays. Um, so usually on Mondays, I have to do that. And then on Tuesdays, I uh, usually make sure that my screens are set up. Uh, Wednesdays, I uh, usually burn the screens. And then Thursday, I usually print. Uh, if I have a multiple color job, I'll set the screens up on Wednesday and get all the colors lined up. And then on Thursday, I'll print. If the job is over, if it's over 60, 80 pieces, I'll usually print into Friday, maybe Saturday. It's like 120 pieces to 200. Uh, and that's it. So like I manage the schedule, like, Tuesday is this, Wednesday is this, Thursday is print, and then everything's fine. Yeah, wow, that's a dream, man. I, I really like the, I mean, I can tell you're a very organized person, apart from anything, yeah. just looking at the, the whiteboard on the wall there. But to be able to kind of follow my through. Wife, my, my wife is on the other side of the office laughing because <laughs> I try. I try I try very hard to be organized, but still, it's never, I say you're never organized enough. Yeah. And I am definitely, I'm I'm far from perfect. We'll just say that. Well, your your wife knows the real picture, right? <laughs> You're right, exactly. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but presumably, you know, forgive me because I know nothing about fitness really, but there's a discipline and a structure and an order and a rigor, isn't there, to to getting yeah, that right? Yeah, very, very much. Like, and our our programming for our programming for what we do. So I'm in Olympic weightlifting. My wife is in powerlifting. So we have two sets of people in the gym. And then we have like just random people that just kind of come in and do their own thing. Um, but our people that we program for are very much on a schedule. Some people are three days a week. Some people are four days a week. Some people are six days a week, right? And they have that schedule. And they can't really get off track because if they get off track, it messes up the following week. Yep. And screen printing is exactly the same. So I yeah. make sure that my schedule is very much just very set and on track. Uh, and as long as as long as I write things out on the whiteboard, I can usually stay pretty much fine. Yeah. And so um, you also managed to produce your own merch dirt cheap now, right? Like that's a real. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the other big thing, uh, not just for the gym, but then when we go to weightlifting meets, uh, we sell merchandise at yeah. weightlifting meets. So that merchandise, obviously, you know, a shirt, we know what the cost of a shirt is and we know what the cost of printing is and we know what the retail is on a shirt. There is no middleman anymore. Uh, you got the best of everything there. Yes. Yeah. So your markup increases dramatically. And then usually what I do is the weightlifting meets where I sell shirts at, instead of paying an actual vendor fee to be there at the event, we print their shirts for their event. We just discount the vendor fee. Yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Very simple. So it gives you leverage. It works. Yeah, it works very well. 
gives you leverage at all levels in terms of yep. getting extra profit on your product, but also reducing cost of entry to a market sensibly. Right. Yeah. Right. That's that's tremendous. What kind of garments do you print on? Obviously, you're wearing a muscle tee there. What brands are you printing on? Generally, uh, so I do a lot of I do a ton of next level. So next level is probably they're my favorite shirts um, for for the organizations for like the sports organizations for events. You know, that's all just Gildan, like very normal stuff. If they want like a like a decent shirt, mm -hmm. you know, we'll do like a Gildan soft style 64,000 yeah. and then. You know, if it's just a regular event, it's just, you know, a Gildan 5,000 or 2,000 and, you know, that that's yeah. it. So yeah. uh, the gym gear, we do a lot of next level. Um, the sports side, we do some sport tech shirts. Yeah. Um, and then for sweatshirts, uh, we'll either do next level or we'll do just hoods. Uh, I, I do like the just hoods. They're They're pretty nice. Okay. Okay, I've not heard of Just Hoods. Um, we can't always get those brands in Australia. Sometimes screen printers will bring them in themselves, but it's a little right. bit of a, a closed market in terms of um, those types of products. So right. typical print for you. Um, I can see, I'm guessing you, you, you printed that one that you're wearing there. Um, yeah. That looks like a bit of a half tone in the middle, I think, but that's the kind of standard print, print flash print, that kind of thing. Yep. Do yep. you brand with neck labels or anything for your stuff or other customers? Uh, only on, so we then we have a separate apparel business uh, that's separate from everything. And we sell that stuff at events. That stuff, uh, we do brand. Yeah. You brand yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Nice. All right. And um, equipment. So you mentioned an Ansel Thunder. Uh, six color full platen was it something like that yeah yeah uh actually we'll uh we do a big walkthrough right now and oh, i'll yeah. show you yeah, um cool. yeah like i said yeah whiteboard is uh the whiteboard's pretty key um and that's between screen printing and the gym and like our personal life um yeah. so like you know if i have that's a tattoo appointment, like that goes up there if i have to go to the dentist like that goes up there like everything goes up there. Yeah, um, that's good. So, yeah, that goes on there. And uh, no, this is so. This is the lobby for the gym. Uh, nice. So we've got a little bit of apparel up there uh, for sale. Um, so this stuff, this is like the stuff that we sell uh, at events. Uh, so just some some girl shirts. This is actually. Some of this stuff, uh, actually heat press once in a while. Depends on what it is. Yeah. Um, so this was a, yeah, this was, this, this was a nice one. Yeah. I like that. That's nice. Yeah. And then, you know, when you do, when we do powerlifting and weightlifting events, the prints are all, you know, the prints are really big. So you, know, you get really big prints like nice. that. Yeah. That, so that's the, is that your brand, that one there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, this is what a great brand. message. I like that. So there's yeah. a, a story behind the brand there too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, uh, walk up the front of the gym uh, is a uh, boxing, so boxing oh, wow. ring. Wow, that's awesome. 
Yeah, uh, my wife, my wife and I were Muay Thai fighters for a few years, and then we kind of switched over to weightlifting. It's, it's uh, kind of scary so, getting into bed yeah. each night with someone who's a fighter. I'm not <laughs> sure I like the idea of that. <laughs> scary. So, oh wow! Yeah, that's the gym. gym. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, ton of equipment and all that stuff, and then way in the back of the gym. Uh, I've got a room in the back and I haven't cleaned in a couple of weeks. So things are a, a little bit messy back oh, here, nice. but yeah. Yeah, I like it. I yeah, like that's it. my shop. That's it. Where's your yeah, oven? So, uh, Is that... They're the screens the... up there. Yeah, all the screens up front. Um, yeah. Reclaim. I got to reclaim all of those. <laughs> it's a ton. Yeah. So, yeah, just the job, uh, the job that no one wants to do, isn't it? Reclaiming. It's... I, it really is. It's awful. I try and just do, I try and do like a couple extra reclaims a week than like I really need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Just to try and get ahead. Like, I really only need to reclaim like four screens a week. But uh, I try to reclaim like five or six just to have yeah. like one extra, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's it. Uh, so big shelf up top. Um, so those are, these are like long-term screens that I'll use within the next six to 12 months, but I don't need mm -hmm. to get my hands on them like real quick. Um, these ones down here, these... These get used every month, okay. almost. So you just recycle those. No need to reclaim. You just pull them out and put them no. out on the place. You're printing no, the plastisol, is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah, plastisol. Um, so that was that was the other deal when we bought the business. You know, Dave said, oh, you know, I've got all this ink that, you know, we've acquired over the years. Yeah, and I mean, ink is not cheap. And Dave had, you know, God, over a hundred, like over a hundred pints of ink here. But wow. half of it was bad. Okay. Okay. So, you know, we, when we moved the business over here, we opened up every single jar of ink and half of them were bad. Okay. So we just tossed, I, I just tossed half of them. That was it. Half, half the ink, half the screens. Just in the in the bucket in the dumpster. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, right, Wall of Fame. So yeah, nice. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, that's a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff that that we've done. Yeah, um, nice. Some of our more popular jobs. Very yeah. cool. And you're obviously with your own stuff. You're doing well. Your wife's doing the designs. Is that right? She's doing the graphic yeah. art. And, yeah. Yep. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, very much. Yeah, I've got uh, so this uh, this yellow design. Let's see if I can get it back here. So this yellow design uh, is for a uh, a powerlifting organization. So this is my number one client that I print for probably every two weeks. Uh, it's a three color design. I usually go probably months without taking that off the rack i just yeah, never right. take it off yeah. yeah it's lined up 
it's lined up and I never take it off. Unless, obviously, if I get a four color or five color or six color job, then I have to take oh, it man. down. Yeah. But yeah, it's okay. You know, I've lined it up so many times over the past three years that, you know, I can line it up in a matter of minutes. Yeah. And I guess the cool thing about that as well is if you've got, if that customer comes on for a quick turnaround, you know, she's sitting on the press ready to go generally, just get the stock, print it. I mean, what is your general turnaround? Is it, you know, if someone came uh, well, on today and said, you know, I need this ASAP, what, what would you be able to do, do you think? So usually, uh, I'm usually about six weeks out, but because I only print one, maybe two jobs a week, if somebody needs to rush an order, I can do it. Yeah, so okay. I, you got the I can do, yeah. I can do an order in two weeks without a problem. Yeah. yeah. Cause you've got that space. You can just add a, another job in there and do a night or right. whatever. If, yeah. if it's small, if somebody says, you know, I need a hundred, 200 shirts in two weeks, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Can I have a look at the thunder? But, I've never actually seen one. Uh, so this, I mean, it's pretty old. Dave, Dave had the business for, yeah, Dave had the business for 12 years, I think. So this press is almost 20 years old. Yeah. Still, still yeah. young in a way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, I've had to replace just a couple of bearings. Um, and then the, uh, the registration block. Uh, those get worn out. Yeah, right. And uh, I've replaced half of them, and I got to replace the other half, and then that's it. This thing runs fine. Yeah, very cool, very nice. And where's your tunnel dryer? What are you using to 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 cure the ink? Sorry. Oh, there it is. Pretty yeah, gotcha. Yep. Yeah, nice. I love it. Pretty simple. Yeah. Simple, so simple. It's the one thing that I want to upgrade is, is the conveyor dryer because that is, I can print faster than that dryer. Yeah. yeah. That that's my slow point. That's my choke point is the dryer. Yeah. Um, I'm up to on a single color white print. Yeah. I can do 60 an hour without a problem, but to do that, I have to have my wife help me uh, unload yeah and put shirts in the dryer if i have to load myself it drops me down to like 50 an hour yeah uh, so it slows me down a little bit but the dryer i i can print faster than the dryer and yeah. that's the one thing that i'd like to upgrade but to do that i have to so that dryer is still on a 120 power to uh, upgrade okay. the dryer that i have means, to run it yeah, yeah i got to run a 220 back here um yeah. And I get I gotta pay for the wiring. So there's that. Yeah, which is not cheap. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. Okay, so you've been running the screen print business through this really interesting route since 2018, I think you said. Then yep. COVID hit in 2020, wasn't it? It was 2020? When did COVID hit? Yeah, 2020. Uh, 20, 2019 is when it started, and then 2020 is when things went things went south real bad. And what happened? I mean, presumably you also had to close the gym, did you? Like, what happened? Yeah. So legally, we were required to close the gym. Uh, I had a group of people in the gym that uh, 
they they never left. They just said, we don't care. Uh, yeah. And we're going to keep coming to the gym because that's what they do. So you're able to kind of keep it going. Yeah. Yep. But presume yeah. did screen printing stop for you? Like, did, you know, how did uh, that screen printing? It's, it's slowed down, but it, did, it never stopped. It never stopped because the people that we print for kind of had the same mentality that we did yeah. where they just didn't stop what they were doing. Yeah. So they just kept going. So they continued to need the merch. Yeah. yeah. If you, you know, do like, I, I really respect and, and uh, I'm somewhat envious of your kind of business strategy in terms of the screen print business, maybe growing slowly and methodically, you know, 10% isn't that slow. 18% is pretty, pretty big. What will you do if yeah. you suddenly do have a bit of a spike? Because I guess there comes a point where a customer can't wait more than six weeks, let's say, um, to, to get their product. What what will you do if you suddenly, you know, start doing 30%, 40% growth each year? So at that point, I would actually farm out those i would farm out the larger jobs i have uh two guys that are contract printers and i can farm out jobs to them i got i got two jobs last year that were one was a six color and obviously i can do a six color um but they were on sweatshirts and it was like a hundred sweatshirts and when you do sweatshirts, you can't do the, the water-based adhesive. So you have to do the, the super sticky spray web adhesive. I didn't want to deal with that. Yeah. I didn't want to deal with the six color. I didn't want to deal with the sweatshirts. And he needed them in like four weeks. So there was a lot of factors that went yeah. into that. Uh, so my buddy up in New York has a huge shop. He's got... Uh, two autos and two manuals. He prints for huge, huge order, thousands a day. Yep. I, I farmed it to him. He cut me a good price. I marked it up, I think 15%. Yep. And then it just shipped it and that was it. That's a great idea. Yeah, just a kind of like a pressure release valve, farm it out to contract yep. printers especially if yeah. there's people you know and you can rely on the quality and their friends and so on and not going to rip you off. Yeah, that's yeah. a great idea. Do you yeah. think and I, feel... I, I actually have another friend here in Charlotte who started screen printing uh, maybe a year or two after I did. Um, and we have a lot of the same friends. He's also, uh, he's also a fitness guy. He's a weightlifter, powerlifter. Uh, same. So we're, we're, we have a lot of the same friends. We've run into each other all the time. And he uh, he can take on jobs as well. And we've actually, we've swapped jobs before. He has right. sent jobs and I've sent jobs to him. So, you know, we're friends and everything's fine. Um, so if I was real, if I get really backed up and somebody needs something fast, I can call him. If his schedule is booked up, then I call my buddy in New York, uh, and if he can't do it, uh, he has someone else who can do it yeah. then too. So we've got a backup for a backup for a backup. Yeah, perfect. 
So you can cope with those peaks and troughs. It just eats into your margin a little, but you can still cater for the for the customer. So right, right at the, the beginning of the pod today, you mentioned that, you know, there are other um, printers in your town in Charlotte. Um, and I've never been to North Carolina, but I don't know how big Charlotte is. What kind of size is it approximately? Oh, God. How many people do we have here? Too many. Stop moving here. <laughs> Too many. Stop moving. We, uh, Charlotte is currently listed uh, in several real estate publications as the number one city in America to move to. Right? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, the growth is just bonkers. And right. that's what we tell people. We go, no, we're full. There's no place to live here. There's no houses. <laughs> we're sorry. <laughs> you can't move here. How many people we got here? Just under 900,000. 900,000. Okay. So sitting around a million, plenty of business there, lots of other gyms, all your I connections. Think, I think there are three. Well, now if I count my friend. So there's uh, there's another screen printer, uh, just a little bit bigger than me. And then there's one screen printer that has two full autos. Uh, and they are they 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 run a lot of jobs. Uh, yeah. And that there's my buddy. My buddy's about the same size as us. Uh, so I think there's four or five printers around. Charlotte. Yeah. Okay. And so most of your custom itself comes from Charlotte, or are you also shipping elsewhere in the country? Yeah. Most of m most of my clients are are definitely from here. Uh, I've got. You know, friends through social media and through powerlifting and weightlifting, uh, you know, from California, Texas, and a couple other places that we've done jobs for. Um, I actually shipped a job to Canada uh, to one of my friends up there. So um, it, we do some business that's outside of Charlotte, just not a ton. Obviously, you know, I'd say, yeah, I'd say 80, 80 to 90% of our business. Is here in Charlotte. It seems to me that as a screen print business, you know, being one of your businesses, it has a unique story because you're a gym. So you kind of have all of that experience and acumen, knowledge and so on. And you know how to service your actual gym and obviously the, the other gyms that you, you support and other powerlifting yeah. uh, events and so on. And that sounds like a good brand to kind of take to other states and other cities and say, you know, we are, we specialize in this. This is our story. We understand your industry. We're in it. And we also have this print business that could allow you yeah. to expand. I mean, based on yeah. how you, how you want to expand, but. Yeah. Um, and that, uh, and, and we do, we print for, uh, we print for a bunch of other gyms and that's, you know, uh, like you said, it's like you, you know what designs are going to work well. You know what to sell. You know what material works well in the gym. You know what holds up for uh, you know workouts and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's very easy to you know print for other gyms that they're in the same situation that we are. So yeah, yeah it, it is very easy. It's a good setup. Yeah, and I think it's a good brand story, you know. You know, why go to, you know, 
just a screen printer who can put it that way no one's just a screen printer but you know just a screen right. printer serving lots of different markets when you can actually go to someone that actually understands your market really well especially around what sells i mean that's got to be unique yeah. and you know extremely valuable to, to your customer yeah. and also understanding the price points and the, you know you know what what kind of events you might charge more for or, or less for or you know where right. hoodies work well or, or not and so on that's got to be um a market for you to to expand if if you want to do that in the future just right. going back to your print shop setup you mentioned about are, are you okay for time how are we going uh yeah yeah i gotta i'll have to help my wife with something here in a couple minutes okay um well tell me when you want to wind up uh, if, if you want okay. to keep... I just got to take a break for literally, it's just two minutes and then we'll be okay. Okay. Um, well, let's, let's cover this off quickly. You mentioned about your oven and that you, you know, you just can't, it can't keep up with the, the output from printing. What do you, what is your strategy on that? Are you thinking of a particular brand or just a longer oven? Like what do you, what's your, your thought process? So, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go with another, uh, I don't know if I'm going to go with Vastex. Um, and then, uh, what is the, there's another brand. We've actually got a supplier that's only a couple hours away from here. And they supply like the whole country. Um, and I can go down to their warehouse pretty much anytime I want. Yeah. Um, so Vastex is the big one. Um, and then there's a couple other brands that they sell, obviously. Uh, but the big thing for me is right, I have to run the I have to run the 220 line back there. Uh, yeah. and it's it's expensive. So I don't know. I maybe maybe next year, I I think I'm gonna try for it. Yeah. I think it's a good idea because you know, ultimately when the the push comes to the shove and you you have that extra pressure on delivery or volume of work and you know your outsourcing may or may not work at a given point being able to increase your output is it going to increase your profit dramatically obviously but um you know having that bigger oven is the only real way to do it other than you know it, it really is it's that's yeah. probably my number one roadblock right now to yeah. to growth uh but if i get the oven i'll be able to handle more jobs faster but at that point, I will also have to hire somebody to help me. There for it sure. is. Yeah. There's the, yeah. the other those, issue. Those two things will go hand in hand almost at the same exact time. Yeah. And if you get that right in terms of the actual physical setup on the press, who's loading, who's unloading, you know, even the way that you spin the carousel, and that sounds bonkers, but right. that, that can make a big difference um, in terms of yeah. your setup where your, your tunnel dryer is. Um, you can exactly. make huge leaps. That's what we found. We were just running in the garage and we had a, a three meter tunnel dryer, which was almost the full length of the garage, you know, so it wasn't ideal. Um, and we got a particular kind of flash dryer and we could have someone loading at one end, me printing at the other end and unloading and the loader can catch and just kind of keep the whole deal going. And our, our output went up yeah. massively. That's a smooth operation. I like that. It, yeah. it took a while, but we, we got there. Um, 
Okay, now you've, <laughs> I was going to say, you know, what advice would you give to someone else starting up a screen print business? But you might just say, don't do it the way I did it. Although I think the cash arrangement was pretty cool. But if someone was starting up from scratch, from ground zero, what advice would you, would you give them, do you think? Wow. Uh, you, I would say number one, you absolutely need to go work in a screen printing shop without that like you have to i don't care if you have to go intern at a screen printing shop just one day a week and not even get paid and just do it for free yeah just so you can learn the environment and the processes and all you you need a mentor it without any sort of mentorship or education you the learning curve is going to be so long and so painful and you're going to waste so much money on film emulsion all sorts of stuff that's that's assuming you went out and just financed like a whole kit yeah. and just got the whole damn thing all set up at day one you don't know what you're doing and that right there is your biggest hurdle from day one, I would say education. You absolutely just, you have to go learn from a professional. And even if, like I said, you had to intern and do it for free, like one day a week, then that's what you gotta do. But you gotta learn from a professional. That by far, I would say that's the most important thing. Yeah, no, I'd agree. But it's hard to get, you know, I don't know what it's like in the, in the US, but, you know, things are a bit more closed here in terms of being able to to find those opportunities. And I guess you just got to make them. That's the reality, isn't it? But right. Um, right, there's no kind of training courses or anything here. Are there training courses that you can go and do in the US? There, there, actually, there actually are. For education, I actually have a place, uh, and it's where I order. Um, God, I, I probably order at least... 50% of my supplies from this place. Uh, it's called X Source, P E X Source. Uh, and they have uh, a warehouse. Actually, it's not far from where my mom lives out in the country, maybe 45 minutes from here. And they're like maybe another 20 minutes past my mom's house. Uh, and they have full courses from absolute basic to super advanced. Um, oh, they have courses on, and they have different courses. They have courses on, you know, they have a regular full screen printing Sabbath course. And it's like, uh, I want to say it's a weekend course. It's a Saturday and a Sunday. I think it's a two day course. And then they have courses on uh, like using your RIP software and all sorts of stuff. So, <laughs> Uh, you like that opportunity is available here. Uh, and I, I've never used any of their sources, um, but they are available. And everyone says that their courses are really, really well run and mm -hmm. very, and people love them. Yeah, well, we could do something we could do with something like that in Australia. That's good. Um, because with, with us, um, our business is again probably a bit different to the normal, but we just had nothing. All we had was YouTube. 
you know, and trial and error and trial and error. And um, were there any times when you were kind of, you know, after this this business partner left and you kind of had to go back and start from basics and 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 change a lot of kit and things, were there times when you thought, I can't do this, I don't want to carry on? This is sold I, I, I probably had two or three moments, uh, I'd say in the first three or four months where I was very, I was definitely overwhelmed, very, very overwhelmed. And I was behind schedule. Um, and that's when, that's when I really started making phone calls to my friends in New York and the consultant. And I said, you know, I've got massive problems and they helped me out. It just so much is unbelievable. And that's when things really took off after yeah. that. Once, once those problems got solved, everything got so much better. So, but I definitely had a couple of jobs uh, after I got rid of my partner that I just, yeah, I just about had a mental breakdown after that. Yeah, it was yeah. rough. It's taxing, um, especially when, you know, it's not just building a widget, it's building a piece of art that's kind of like a widget, but it has to to work at the other end. In other words, you know, want, you don't want a print to fall off, you know, week after or get die migration or whatever. Um, it's stressful because sometimes you think it's good, it's done, job's delivered, you know, goodbye. But then you learn that actually it wasn't that great a print. There's <laughs> an issue. Yeah, I had, Very uh, one of our one of our repeat customers I print for almost every month. They own a karate studio, and they're the biggest karate studio in Charlotte. They have a huge kids program, so they have a ton of kids. We print shirts, uh, hoodies, and we print their uniforms. So when I print their uniforms, they're customer supplied because it's like a full karate uniform. We don't, I can order them, but I don't. Uh, he has a long-standing account with a supplier. He orders them, drops them off to me. I print them. I did a big batch, probably uh, 30 or 40 uniforms. And <clears throat> the print washed off on the first washing. Yeah, wow. Okay. And I, I had to reprint all of them. And I had to do it for free. And I had to refund him some money. And I was very, very upset. Um, I learned that uh, my partner and the settings were not correct on the dryer. And uh, I also, so that's when I switched ink to. Um, so I, I switched inks to uh, a low cure ink. Uh, that works. It works great. And after that, I never had them. Yeah. But okay. that, was, that, that was a bad one. Yeah. It's the worst thing. And like, you know, listening to other people and just experiences I've had elsewhere, that's when customer services works or, or doesn't, right? When you, you say yeah. to the customer, it's okay, you know, we'll, we'll fix this. Sorry for your the inconvenience and we'll resolve the costing and so on or it goes south very quickly. Um, I think that's when companies, you know, can really distinguish themselves with other screen printers. You know, maybe they've had a bad experience elsewhere and you make sure they're going to have a good one 
with you um even on the the follow-through if things don't don't work out exactly the way you want so um just one last kind of question we always ask people um to provide any kind of tips and traps that they might have encountered that might be useful to share with others tips along the way of shortcuts or things that you know can be done better if you do it this way and traps things to watch out for we've covered some of those but anything else that you you can think of uh yeah one of the oddest uh, a very odd trick that i learned and i and i i won't lie i pulled this off of uh, a youtube video um i have a i have two pieces of white tape on the inside of our exposure unit and on that piece of white tape i have marked off uh basically a ruler and I use a, a T-square yeah. and while some people, some people tape their film to the back of the screen and then put the screen on the exposure unit. Yeah. I tape the film to the glass. Okay, in the exposure. right. Yeah. Now, uh, I have this set up so that when my wife puts the registration marks on the film, it's a certain distance away from the top of the print. I have certain certain prints depending on how big the print is. I have spots marked on the ruler on the white tape that's on the glass. So when I put the film on, I have a T-square that also has marks on it for the center line. Yep. So my film goes in the same exact spot okay. every single time I burn a screen. And when you do that, I line up screens in minutes on the press. Yep. Minutes. It's super fast. And the film is dead center and it's perfectly straight. So I don't have to recenter anything. And when it's multiple colors, because it's all lined up in the same spot, yep. when you put the screen on the press, it's already within half an inch of where it's supposed to be. Yeah, okay. That's neat. That's um, the uh, holy grail in a way. You know, people talk about CTS um, from computer to screen. So you bypass the film. Right. And then right. you obviously just blow it, expose it and blow it out um, as being the kind of um, gold standard at the very top. We don't use that. We, we, we don't have that technology here. Because um, that's the deal, right? Like when you, especially if you've got a, a good sized color job, the setup often is the biggest time right like because screen printing is a mass production technology uh, you know even on a manual you, you're turning out 60 100 an hour you know that's actually not generally the hard part it's it's the bit right up to that you know from the yeah. from the go to to that point uh, that takes so long and that sounds really smart yeah i'm gonna have to check that out that uh, might save quite a bit of time we have a template uh, that we lay everything in and we stick you know, that other model you were describing, we stick it to the bottom of the screen and then take it to the exposure. 
Um, and we've got, we run two different size screens here for the auto and the manual. And um, so we've got two different template sizes. That's generally pretty quick, but it's never bulletproof, you know, and right. we're always chasing that little bit more accuracy. And, you know, yeah. there's three of us do the film here. So it depends a little bit. If I'm doing it, it's probably not that accurate, to be fair, but the other guys might be a bit better at it. You know what I mean? So you get that kind of problem. That sounds really cool. Great tip. Yeah, yeah great. Any traps that you don't want people to fall into? Uh, just make sure you get an all-black kit for your printer to print your film. That's like, once you do that, like my, my exposure comes out perfect every time. And then from the exposure everything's great so that that's the one thing that I, I really tell people just get an all black kit for your printer for your film and things will go much better for you <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure um nothing worse than accidentally exposing the bit you don't want exposed so to right speak. um would you do it all again if knowing what you now know back in you know 2018 yeah got, yeah yeah again yeah. 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 By myself with no partner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start off on your own. I often yeah. get asked, my, my previous life was around business consulting and people often used to ask, you know, what's the best business um, structure, you know, company, um, PLC, ultimately partnership. And I'd always try and steer people away from partnerships, especially if it was a husband and wife, I might add, but you know, yeah. things are often misunderstood when it comes yeah. to partnerships, you know, we didn't get clarity over what we agreed at the beginning. And I thought you said this and you meant that and so on. So it's a, a good lesson for sure. Yeah, agree. I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. Doug, um, I want to thank you so much uh, for taking the time. It's nighttime where you are and uh, you've obviously had a busy day too, doing the workout and everything else you have to do. Um, yep. It seems to me if I can, uh, put it this way without it sounding in any way cliched you're a heavy lifter and i i don't know much about powerlifting, but i i get the sense that what you're lifting is extremely heavy obviously but you've also lifted a business from someone else yeah. sounded like it was it, it was driving itself into a cul-de-sac the, the guy who sold oh, yeah. it wasn't so clear about losing the custom and it looked like you know you started with all the kit and all the goodwill and this difficult business model with, with a partner and so on. And it, it kind of bedded down very quick without custom. And you've then, it seems lifted that up and rejuvenated it and got it going. And I just think that's wonderful. You're a heavy lifter. Right? <laughs> in every sense. Yeah. 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 I, I, um, yeah. Yeah. You just put in the hours and try to be a decent person and, you know, have good customer service, put out a good product and, it's all the best you can do. And usually it works out in the end. So yeah, yeah. it's all. Worked out. Well, all strength to you, mate. Um, thanks for your time. Uh, we'll catch up again at some point. Um, hoping that we might be able to do some kind of, I don't know, Christmas special or something this year where we can get a few different screen printers, just talking to one another in this, in this type <laughs> of sure. medium. Yeah. Yeah. Count, count me in for sure. That'd be great. All right. Well, for now, have a good evening and we'll talk to you again. Take care. All right, Have a good one. Thanks, Doug. Cheers, All right, mate. Bye.